0: to part two of this week's episode of the star Wars lads podcast. Uh, we will be continuing our discussion of our top 10 clones, specifically clones of Django Fett, like we said. So Jared is going to kick us off with that, right?
1: Yeah. To move on, uh, and also continue on with the Domino squad theme. My number five is heavy. Um, I think like. What you said, Liam, was uh, about the the whole rookies episode. I just, I think that was like one of the intros to how dynamic these clones could be, um, and for all of it to be recontextualized with the Domino Squad um, arc, I just thought that like him starting off as such a like a hot headed character, and for him to die the same way, but I feel like his motivations were so much different in the end. And I just think that, um, I feel like he was the big, like the first big sacrifice that I felt in the Clone Wars. And, um, like, yeah, like you said, I think Domino Squad is very emblematic of the entire series and the entire subject matter of clones for that matter. Uh, to me uh and heavy you know was was like seemingly this very hot-headed clone that seemed like he only really gave a shit about himself um and he you know wanted to flex for basically the entirety of that introduction uh, but you know him ending up sacrificing himself essentially uh to to save the outpost and to save his, his squad, to save his brothers, um, you know, and kind of like prolonging the war <laughs> too as, as kind of like a consequence. Um, so yeah, I guess, yeah, that's, that, that is kind of why I very much uh, admire Heavy as, as a clone
2: and, and how he'll very much go down in history for me. Yeah, I mean, Evie is one of my favorites, um, and I'll get into that a little bit more because he's ranked pretty high for me. Um, so for my number five, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Echo. I think Echo,
3: like you guys all mentioned, you know, he's not necessarily the richest clone in terms of personality. Uh, I know, like one of his biggest personality traits was that he, you know, he'd lift uh, list off all these regulations and all these different things, um, and you know that's that was kind of his thing, right? He'd echo everything other people would say, um, and you know, getting that blue handprint and becoming his own clone, fighting for his brothers, fighting for Torn Squadron, fighting for the memory of Domino Squad um i know that was i mean his death i guess at the citadel was painful because it was like he doesn't just simply die he's eradicated um and you know the only thing we see is his helmet as it falls off we don't know what happened with him they don't have any t- time to go back he's so dedicated to the mission right and That was never a bad thing. I think being part of the 501st, a little bit of structure didn't hurt (laughs) for them because, you know, uh, they are so spontaneous and did things totally different from other clone troopers. So in comparison, he sticks out because he was always like the more resolute of Domino Squad, the one who followed his training and his programming more. Um, obviously, when he comes back, you know, on Axis as a cyborg, it really raises a question of what's really the difference between these clones and droids. Like, yeah, one is organic and one is, you know, metal and wiring, but they're both treated the same way. And for him to be both now, you know, part human, part planker, um, you know. The techno union experimented on him. They use his codes and everything that Rex had used his algorithms for battle programs. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's dark. The more you take time to spend and really understand, like, okay, this is who he is. I know when we're first talking about this boy back in April when it first came out, when he's first rescued uh and the second episode ends or uh, second or third episode i forget which but he's just looking at the bad batch and rex he just looks like something's wrong with him right we thought maybe it was something evil or something going on with him but ultimately he still is a good guy but he is part of the bad batch now because he can't be a regular clone anymore first of all he's missing a hand um that big imprint that really showed him that, you know, I am more than a shiny. I am my own person. I am my own soldier. I mean, that's missing on his armor, too. And I don't think he can simply just go back to that life. The Bad Batch is like his rebirth. The Domino Squad is gone. He's the last member. So, essentially, there is no squad. Um, Yeah, I mean, we talk about the horrors of the war, and we... Talk about Waxer, Cut Laquane, all the ideologies and perspectives and all that, but trauma and suffering and knowing that there's no difference between their enemies in terms of their value to their commanding officers and governments, right? Like, he is the embodiment of all that pain and trauma and messed up Stuff that these soldiers had to go through in the war. Um I don't know if we'll see him be evil or Order 66 occur with his chip and make him go crazy. Who knows just how much of that programming from the techno union is dormant in him or whatnot, but I don't know. I, I feel like we have just started to skin the surface of echo and he's gone from just a clone with a quirk to the representation of like the whole devaluation and continuous teardown of humanity and self that these clones each go through individually but never to the same extent as someone who is now a cyborg so it's a mix of being iconic but it also just a mix of future possibilities that I think makes
2: Echo so high up on the list for me. My number five is
0: 99. I have him the highest out of everybody. Uh, For me, 99 is the hunchback of Notre Dame of of Star Wars. He's the dreamer. He wants to be a part of it. He wants to be just like everybody else, but he can't for his physical limitations or he's cast aside by what he looks like and and what's in his heart. um so much of the Clone Wars is about the heart of the clones and what you believe in and and fighting for your family and doing what you think is right and I think 99 is so so much the pinnacle of all of that he's character who's willing to, he's just as good as any other clone. He's willing to sacrifice himself to save his brothers. He's willing to stop the separatists by any means necessary. He's willing to do whatever he can to help his family. And so he left a huge impact on me watching the show and season, season three of the Clone Wars is a huge transition point. That's when the animation style changed a little bit. Season three is such a transition point for the show where it gets much more adult and it gets much more in depth with the characters and and Star Wars universe in general and and for him to be a part of that uh, about the beginning of the whole season and really at the forefront of when the show really started pushing itself beyond a, a Star Wars cartoon I think he's just always remained
2: one of my favorite characters from the the show as a whole. And so he is my number five. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, yeah, I mean, now that I think about it,
1: I only put him at nine because it was nine. Anyway, um, (laughs) my number four... (laughs) Um, is hard case, um, I think particularly for, um, I mean, like we, we didn't really meet him outside of, or too much, correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't meet him too much out of, out of the, uh, the whole, uh, remind me of that planet again. M'Bara episodes. M'Bara episodes, yeah. Um, but I felt like his, his... His whole, yeah, I feel like he might have gotten a little too high of a ranking, but at the same time, I think I very much like this sequence. Um, and this is one of the, the very memorable ones for me. Um, but I guess like his whole, like, sacrifice was very badass. <laughs> And I think it, I don't really have much of an explanation about, aside from that, just him being like, y'all live to fight another day. It was very, I don't know. It was, um, uh, I I guess it was, it was just, it was very like last word, super cool type of, type of moment where, um, he saved, you know, was it Jesse and, um. And Tup? I don't remember who the other two clones were. It was Fives, wasn't was it? Fives, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fives and, and Jesse. And, um, you know, he basically ran a version 0.1 of the Death Star, except he died in the end, so you know, um. <laughs> I'm gonna stop rambling. <laughs> yeah, Gregor. Uh, no, no, no. Um, Hard case is my four for death. Also, note that like all the clones that I'm saying just die, <laughs> except for Echo. <laughs> um, and I guess we had a fake death. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Anyway, also we don't know Cody's death yet, but actually maybe you guys know but i I do not know
3: no nothing nothing canon but right. there are rumors that tomorrow morrison might reprise himself for uh you know obi-wan kenobi maybe there's some bad batch you know there's, there's a lot more to cody's story i feel like he's one of those clones that we're gonna get all the darker parts of the clone of humanity out uh,
1: yeah i feel like he's one of the clones that
3: we haven't gotten a yeah. solidified arc from and like Obviously, after Order 66, Six, they're still in effect and still the military power. So we've seen it in comics in here and there. But how does a clone of such stature really deal with having undergone those orders and seeing his own? I mean, first of all, we don't know if Rex ever tries to convince Cody to get his chip removed or anything. So there's a lot of story potential with him. True. But uh, uh, my number four is Heavy um and he's really high up for me because rookies is that episode that really changed the whole direction of the clone wars uh, i mean it was like gonna be like sunday cartoon sort of feel i think for the first season um and i think for a lot of people the idea was like okay it's a star wars cartoon how good can it be like this was the first episode that made people like get up like i remember talking to my friends who watched the show and that was the episode that made them all go like, oh my God, like, this is us in middle school and elementary school at this time. It's like, wow, that, these clones are amazing. They're so cool. They're awesome, right? All those different adjectives, right, that you think are like, oh, they're amazing, right? They're soldiers who fought till death. But not only does Heavy represent, like, the shift of the show, but I think he's representative of, the initial sort of glamour and honor that came with the war i mean at the beginning of the war i mean i don't think their relationship with the jedi was complicated yet i don't think the republic thought of them as anything more than loyal soldiers they didn't treat them bad i think at this point especially near the beginning of the war i think the clones were still valued as people to whatever degree that is but they definitely seemed much more, how do I put it delicately, much more empathized with by the rest of the galaxy than they do uh, in the rest of the war. Because by the end of the war, there's not really much difference between them and the clones. If anything, they're more susceptible and effective than the cl- uh, them and the droids. Um, if anything, they're more susceptible to the brain chips, and b- they become droids on their own and they kill All the Jedi hunt them down, take over the galaxy, stuff like that. So when Heavy died, I mean, all that honor, that, you know, classic, I mean, almost like that World War II war hero heroism kind of went out the window, right? Like he was the big guy who should have been there, should have had a longer should have been able to escape you know you think he's going to you're hoping you're praying that he escapes but he doesn't because of the you know the gonk droids not being correctly linked to for remote detonation so he you know goes against everyone else's duties and he's always trying to prove to himself like and to others like hey i'm that big shot i am that guy and i mean he, he has still probably one of the most iconic lines in star wars like the droids are like do we take prisoners after he's like shot in the back and all that? And he's basically dead. And he says, I don't. And then he hits the detonation and explodes. And the old clear symbol uh, system uh, signal goes off and brings the old Republican. And that episode alone was amazing. And then when we see his backstory with 99 and how he kind of becomes like a leader for Domino Squad, how he, you know, uh gives his medal and he's got more heart than almost maybe any clone ever, right? Like all the other clones kinda make fun of ninety-nine, honestly. And he was like able to take 99's words to heart and then gives him his medal to keep for him. Like I'm gonna have that back. And it's tragic because he dies almost immediately after that. Um and like his legacy. Like all the clones have like tattoos of him and his gun. On their armor, they'll talk about him. I mean, they reference him in season seven. So Rex and all these other clones are like, if like he died, and it's hard to forget because he was just that impactful in the short life that he had. Um, I mean, he was he was almost in a lot of sense like the ultimate clone that you want, the ultimate brother. All people participating in this war had some sort of respect for this guy. Unfortunately,
2: he dies, and that's why he's so up there for me. Yeah, all good points. Uh, Hard case is a is
0: an interesting choice too at number four. I, I agree with um, most of your points. He has a really epic ending, and same with heavy. Um, but for me, mostly purely for superficial reasons, my number four is Cody. And say what you will about Cody's depth in this show, which definitely is lacking compared to a lot of his counterparts in the First. Cody is kind of after, after Fordo, he's the clone I think about, uh, when I think of, of Star Wars, especially growing up, he was, was Obi-Wan's commander, right? So like, Obi-Wan is my favorite character of all time. He's my favorite Jedi. So anybody associated with Obi-Wan was automatically awesome in my book. So I always played with Cody toys. I you know, Cody was was one of my favorite characters before I even got to see him on screen. And so just the fact that he has a big role in live action where pretty much no other clones get a big role in live action um the fact that he his relationship with Obi-Wan, I actually do really like in Clone Wars even if they're both very similar. I like how much they trust each other and and they really have a strong brotherly bond. And all, honestly, almost more than in any other Jedi with their commander. There's like it's like Cody and and Obi-Wan can like look at each other and they they see each other as like both really admirable people and, and people that they can just trust wholeheartedly. And so that kind of makes Cody's turn on Obi-Wan and Revenge of the Sith a little bit more tragic for me and i agree with what you guys were saying um i think the best of cody is yet to come i really hope he's in the obi-wan show i really would like to see how i mean we know how obi-wan would react to cody obi-wan would be relatively forgiving um but i think i would like to see how cody someone who's f- so by the book someone who follows all the rules and and similar to dogma you know what is it like when he realizes he's been but pretty much betrayed by the government and forced to kill the one of the people he was closest to in his whole life. So I, I really want to see that story unfold, whether it's between him and Rex and Bad Batch. But personally, I'd I'd prefer more to see it in the line of him and Obi Wan pre uh, chip removal, if he ever gets his chip removal, and maybe we have a tragic moment between him and Obi Wan. But yeah, Cody. Cody is just awesome in my book, and I really, really like him. Yeah,
1: I, I—that's a good point to bring up. I think the dynamic between Obi Wan and Cody was definitely important to who he was, as to our understanding, at least, uh, to, to his character. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely a good point. Um, going into our top three, I'm going to keep them short and sweet, uh, just because I think these are these are characters that. Um, I think very much have, like, a lot of reasoning that you can go behind it, but, uh, I feel like the reasons are very concrete. Um, so my number three is Gregor. Um, I think this kind of spans on his appearance in the Clone Wars and his extended appearance, appearance in Rebels. Um, I think holistically his, his devotion to fighting was obviously like, he didn't remember anything. Um, but his devotion to fighting was kind of more innate. And I think over time, that was something that he, um, like grew an understanding to, to, um, like, uh, educate his decisions. I, I felt like, yes, he was with this very kooky character in, in Rebels, um, but I felt like he, he had a purpose and I think, yes, his, his devotion to Rex was like more kind of like a blind, uh, hey, we're clones and we're, we're brothers type of situation, but it was, it was more like he found a solace in that reasoning. And so I think he was fighting in the latter part, um, for Wolf and Rex. And it was, I I think like that shows a lot of individuality and development within the clones. I think Gregor was, um, encapsulated that growth a lot. Um, so yeah. And and he, he ultimately, you know, ends up dying for that cause, which I I felt was was, you know, kind of like very uh um emblematic of the clones in general. Like they're kind of shoved into this war, you know, they accelerated growth, like you know, I don't really have like much context prior to this war, but We find our reasons to keep pushing and keep fighting after the fact and you know unfortunately end up giving our lives to it too
3: yeah I mean Gregor is definitely one of those clones that's more complex than he first appears Um, especially if your introduction to him is in Rebels first Um, my number three is technically not a clone trooper it is Boba Fett and I mean, Boba Fett's got a long history. He was a clone. starting um, to attack the clones, but before that, he was just this cool mercenary. No disintegrations, warnings, and all those different things. Han Solo's nemesis. Cool armor, silent, but deadly. And then when we see Clone Wars, you know, we see a, a kid who's lost his father, you know? Yeah, he is a clone like his brothers, but he doesn't think of himself as a clone. He fights that label. He... Wants to prove that he's better than Oldham. And he is. He's got the skill. He's got the fortitude. He's something quite else. And But he's he's also damaged. His father is gone. His, you know, his father's friends are still bounty hunters. And they're not exactly the best people for him to be around. And, you know, he has issues with, like, their decisions and the code that they have. Um, I mean, when he has his own armor later on in the war before he gets to his iconic uh green armor you know there's that whole train pursuit thing and when he finds out that they're transporting and basically human trafficking uh a girl you know he's he's kind of unsure what to do he's like really kind of shook there and you know it, i i think it helps him develop a code of honor or something at that point but You know, Once the war changes and he's part of a galactic empire and given the best contracts, it seems like he loses a lot of his humanity. He becomes this monster who's here to just get the money and collect the bounties. And then, yeah, he gets killed off unceremoniously for 40 years or so and then he's brought back in uh, The Mandalorian. Obviously, he's alive in Legends and all that and He's a badass and all those different things. But I think what I really liked about his return in The Mandalorian is that, you know, he's not necessarily fighting for money or anything anymore. He's fighting for the memory of his father. Maybe there, it's in a way, it's like a reset of who he was, that innocence that he lost, you know, caring about people, fighting with a code, those things. He's still going to be the mercenary that we all know and love. But, and I love his banter with Bo Katan and, uh, Costco Reeves, and I mean, he's he's one of those characters that I think he didn't have to come back, but the way he's come back it's made me really enjoy his character more and more. And I, I really like the up and downs that his character goes through. You know, loss of a father, then he becomes the kid of a system and victimized. He chooses the wrong people to be around. He seems like he's starting to begin at Nova Code. And people betray him and all that, and he becomes this merciless bounty hunter. And then he gets killed, supposedly, but he survives, and those five years change him. And he really thinks along about his father and what his father did and what he does all these things for. And I I mean, I'm really excited for Book of Boba Fett, which is why I think he's so high up there for me.
0: Boba Fett is also my number three, and I don't have too much to add to that. That was a pretty good breakdown of the character. But Yeah, on top of that, he is probably the most iconic clone. He is basically the closest... To, well, he is he's Django Fett, where the others all have accelerated growth. He basically has to live with the fact that he is his father and trying to craft a new identity while also being loyal to his father and maintaining that image that his father set up and following in his father's footsteps and where the clones don't really have ever think about who their donor was or who, who was the one that, that gave it was basically that they're based off of Boba Fett lives in that shadow the whole time. And so his journey is very, very different from the clones. And as we'll see in the future, it will continue to be very different. And, and most of these, Orals or these, uh, these codes we've talked about with the clones throughout this list don't really apply to Boba Fett, the Brotherhood, all of that type of stuff. He's very much so a lone wolf bounty hunter who's out for himself. But I think with the confirmation of him being a Mandalorian and, and really seeing that side of, of his heritage that he never really got to see prior to Um, or prior to the Mandalorian, any stories we've seen of him. That could be something very fascinating about his character where he can really embrace not just who he is, but his but his heritage and really become the fulfillment of everything that his father was. And and I think he has so many interesting things to offer in the future. Uh, Yeah, just like Cody, I, I do think the best of Boba Fett is yet to come.
3: Yeah, and I mean Technically, in this era, uh, Carbon-Frozen Kix is running around with the Crimson Crusader or Crimson Pirate or whatever and Rex. Crimson Corsair? Crimson Corsair, Corsair. yeah, and we still technically have a Rex, so there's, there's always a chance that he could also encounter
2: them and that's gonna be a bit of an existential question that he also has to deal with there too. Very true um,
1: so I see that all of our ones and twos are um, kind of like the same characters, so I'll keep it a little brief um, so my number two is Rex um, I guess I'll, I'll go into a little to why um, I think Rex is probably the clone of the Clone Wars obviously I think we can all agree on that. Um, in the sense that he's literally like the only clone that's depicted in like the covers and stuff, all that and Cody. Um, but I think Rex was one of the clones that we were introduced to in, in the first movie. And, <clears throat> and, you know, from the, from the start, he was very much, um, one of the more complex clones that. Um, one of the, one of the more central characters to this whole Clone Wars narrative. And I think it would be very unjust in, in to like leave him out of this at all. But, you know, of course his, his dynamic and his, his character changed so much throughout um, all of Clone Wars. And starting from the movie, you know, he was, I guess, seemingly like this, this clone commander that, uh, was very much, no, he, uh, sorry, captain, not commander, um, he, uh, that was serving under Anakin and he was tasked to like, uh, to work alongside Ahsoka, um, you know, and his dynamics with Ahsoka was one of the, you know, our first impressions and one of the most notable things of how the Clone Wars started and how the Clone Wars ended. And I guess, like, I don't really know how to elegantly put this in words, but I think just his dynamic is very much embodied with his dynamic in, um, uh, between, uh, Ahsoka, his relationship with Ahsoka. Um, I think this is probably like his evolve, his character evolving, um, through, you know, all of, like, he's basically seen, lived throughout, like, the entire Clone Wars. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, from however, how, like, lighthearted and naive it seemed, his character seemed to be, um, not, I mean, not naive, uh, but, um, just, I guess, like, the tone difference from, like, the beginning to the end, is just, such a strong contrast. And I think that is, that's very symbolic to his character and, and how he grew as as um, as a character. So uh, yeah, I guess we, we can have kind of more of an open discussion about that, but th- that's kind of uh, why I put Rex um,
2: up there.
3: I mean, totally agree on all those points. Uh, Rex is also my number two um i guess the best way to describe him is he is a clone's clone um and as filoni puts it little clone wars is about ahsoka and rex you know how they grow and change as people throughout the course of this war and how their decisions and other decisions change them and shape them this is their story it's not hannikins it's not obi-wans they're big players obviously but it's really these two that carry most of the story and like I mentioned, with all these other characters that I've been talking about, like Wolf and Gregor and all these Echo and whatnot, heavy. I guess why I think Rex is such a great character is that he carries everything from the memories and the actions and words of all these clones that have lived and died alongside him. You know, sometimes, as he said, and I think how one of probably Cody's best lines is, Yeah, people don't know how hard it is to not. You know die but to survive right being the one that's alive is sometimes harder than them being the one who's dead because you know those people that have died alongside him, his brothers and all that they, he still carries them with him right he he is like a composite of all of these different people that he met and he came close to echo heavy fives everyone um obviously anakin everyone he he takes an ahsoka especially or right? he takes everything from these lessons from these skirmishes, from these arguments, from every breathing moment with someone else, and incorporates that he's kind of like the iron man of emotions and experiences right everything that he sees experiences he builds off of that he becomes something far more he's not really a clone to me because he's so complex um and I can see why he's number one for like liam i mean and for most people for me he's not but it's only by the smallest of margins because i mean let's face it we don't have clone wars without ahsoka and rex and you know from surviving that and escaping and you know doing everything possible to not kill ahsoka um and then to you know survive into rebels and fight with Kanan until they both have a begrudging and strong respect for each other to get over their own traumas uh, from the war and then to survive past that as being on Endor and who knows maybe we'll see him in the show or whatnot like this is a guy who's lived and for him to live through all these wars and through losing all these people he is someone no matter what the situation is You have to listen to what he has his thoughts about, what he thinks about, what he feels, just what he knows. So that's why he's my number two.
0: All really good points, but I'll be the first one to talk about Fives, who is my number two. Uh, Fives has one of the best character arcs in the entire show. He starts out as somebody who, similar to Echo, is... They're both not really standouts from Rookies. When you watch Rookies, you really think about Heavy and you think about Rex and Cody. And then there was the other two guys that survived. Um, And Fives was honestly more memorable because of his name in, in that episode. But he turns into not only one of the more complex clones in the whole show, but one of the most important characters in all of Star Wars. They Through fives, we get the introduction of the brain chip or Order sixty six, and that was just, you know, revolutionary. When I saw that the first time, to me, I was like, "Oh, this makes sense." You know, this is what this is the explanation for Order sixty six that we needed. This was this changes everything about Revenge of the Sith. This changes, you know, how we we perceive the clones in general because they're not good guys who just all of a sudden flip and turn into bad guys. They're controlled and they're manipulated from the beginning and and it, it puts a little bit more sinisterness and into palpatine's plot and, and Plagueis and and all of that and uh so fives is is extremely important for the entire saga and not just for clone wars but on top of that he is one of our first characters to become an arc trooper Excuse me. Uh, he becomes an ARC Trooper with Echo. He survives so many of the biggest battles and moments of, of the Clone Wars, and he's right alongside Rex and most of them. Uh, the Citadel, uh, Umbara, all of that. Um, he's just one of the biggest constants, kind of like I said with Jesse, but, but to a much further extent, he's one of the biggest constants of the entire show. And so he really leaves his mark every time and and his tragic death and, and the ending and a frustrating ending to his life where you're like, oh my gosh, he's so close to to revealing the plot. And we just, we want him to succeed and he just has such a tragic ending, but at least kind of gets, succeeds a little bit by the time the show's over with this last season when when Rex starts to figure it all out. So yeah, I'll let you guys talk more about him because I know you'll probably have a little bit more to say than me because he's your number one. But yeah, he is a, a fantastic character and really just truly what Clone Wars is about. And that's taking these same-faced people who all they all look the same, have the same bodies, you know, talk the same, but they're very they can each be very independent and equally important characters, not just to a show called The Clone Wars, but really to Star Wars as a whole. I, yeah, very well said. Um, yeah, and going on to my
1: number one, Fives, of course, uh, I felt Fives is probably, I guess, debatably one of my favorite characters, like Star Wars characters of all time. And you know that could be in in part due to that my limited uh, knowledge of Star Wars characters in the extended universe and, and everything. But um, <clears throat> Fives, I think, had this arc. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was very much uh, a consistent character throughout the entirety of Clone Wars, and I think just yeah, the weight that his realization had, uh, was just so heavy. Um, no pun intended, but I, I think that there's like, he, he was, he was like probably one of the more honorable and notable clones. Um, and we watched that before our eyes, like every, every promotion that he had, every, every arc that he was a part of Uh, We had witnessed him grow from a shiny to an ARC trooper, you know, and then further down to, you know, him becoming alienated from his own brothers. And I think his ARC debatably is one of the more, like the more tragic ones in all of Star Wars. And I think, you know, for him to be kind of like disavowed by like Cody and, and, all of the 501st, um, really kind of made him a martyr for, for all of the clones. And I think like the ideology that he kept by, cause he was, he was a very good, like, and like very keen, a witty soldier, um, throughout all of the Clone Wars. And yeah, and you're right. He wasn't more... Like he wasn't one of the, the more notable characters from the Domino Squad. Um, but I think he became like this character that he like, he had, he just has so many redeemable qualities that we just learned to love him. Um, <clears throat> which made all of the latter part of his art so much more tragic. Uh, you know, he found out about the inhibitor chips. Um, he understood that there was something innately wrong with them. Um, and I think, I think like, if only they had listened to the brother that they had known and trusted for a long time, you know, they could have avoided all of Order 66. And debatably, you know, I guess this is the pacifist in me speaking, but they could have prevented all this like further bloodshed and they could have saved like millions of lives. Uh, (laughs) Basically episode four and on could have had a very, very different outcome. um, If they had just listened to fives, Um, but he ended up dying to the hands of, you know, his brothers. And um, I think that just, being all encapsulated into this one character. And Liam, I think a point that you brought up of the clones just being all like these, yeah, yeah, these like replicants of the same person, but this show does such a good job of characterizing each and every one of the, or maybe not each and every one, but just like specific clones and making them so unique in the sense that they're not just static characters either. Like they, they have, uh, like growth and tragedy and, uh, like all the emotions just tied into all of them. And I I feel like, uh, yeah, man, this, this, the Clone Wars is just such a good show. And I think a lot of that was very much attributed to the presence of fives and our ability to watch him grow, um, and how Filoni like wrote his arc and yeah, arc troopers anyway, (laughs) but yeah, so that's my number one is Fives without a doubt.
3: Yeah, I mean, hard to add much more to that. So I'm going to try to hit it from a different angle. Fives is definitely my favorite clone troop of all time i think well one i think his look is just as iconic as rex i mean rex obviously combines his armor phase one and phase two so armor wise he takes the cake but you know the evolution of his armor shows you know the growth the experience that he has uh having lived through almost the entire war himself um he is one of those survivors um But he's not a survivor in the sense that, you know, he took everything and he learned from it. Uh, I think compared to Rex, he has this... He had this internal drive that started to shape him and make him who he was. Um, You know, he had a cool tattoo of number five on his face. He had this cool goatee. um, And whereas Rex was just, you know, he had a cool blonde haircut and uh, cool armor, he is still, you know of the rankings of characters that he's around right he's constantly around ahsoka and anakin you would always put him as number three that's just simply how it is because he is a clone he doesn't have any special powers or anything for me fives didn't ever have that problem once he started getting more and more into a bigger character because he was always the clone that was forward-facing he was looking for something more he was looking for you know the value of himself as a person he knew he was a person you know with a voice with power with
2: strength he should be respected i mean for me if there are there was a way of really
3: describing it there's cody who is your typical clone you know he's kind of got just the regulations the loyalty the brotherhood that he has with the jedi but In the end, none of that matters, even if Brainship or not, because he's more susceptible than any of them. Um, And how he simply and quickly takes over and shoots down Kenobi, right? He is clone as intended, whereas Fives is the clone that was never intended. He was never supposed to find out about the conspiracy. He was never supposed to disagree Pong Krell. He was never supposed to have survived that Rishi base encounter. He is the one who defied every single odds. And those odds made him a thinker. Someone who challenged the rules. Who challenged his position. He challenged everything around him. He challenged Rex more than any other clone in his life. And as a result, even in death, Rex has to fight through that brainship and say, find Fives. Find him. Because... He's the one who had the key to everything, to what being a clone was post-war, to what it meant to truly be loyal to the Republic, what it meant to just be himself. And what makes it tragic is, yeah, he has his arc, the Order 66 arc, where we find out the brain chips are really what pushes all these clones over the edge. Um, and he removes that, right? And that removal of that brain chip is what truly allows him to become his own being, his own untouched, uncontrolled person, right? And in doing so, he loses his identity. His brothers shun him. He's considered crazy. Anakin doesn't believe him, right? Like, everyone around him believes the words of someone else who they should rightfully because of their order and position. But the experiences that he went through, the people that he fought for, he did everything for them, everything that helped them, right? While still letting them see this is right, this is wrong, there's more than black and white. There's there's a lot of different things about his complexities that cannot go understated. And for him to be reduced back down to wearing shiny armor, bald head, you know, crazed, projected as someone who is wrong and insane and, you know, causing commotion, and it's disheartening because in the end he's like, all I ever wanted to do was be a good soldier and in his mind it meant being himself and for rex to not only do an investigation on that but to also fight against his own brain chip to to tell ahsoka find fives and all that without him you know we don't have ahsoka without him we don't have rex post order 66 we don't have redemption for all these lost souls without this clone and that's why i think he's my favorite clone of all time and rex is a complicated deep character but he falls in between cody and and cody and fives where fives was the one looking forward he was kind of like the luke skywalker always looking for what's next what's beyond right and rex slowly takes that on more and more as the war goes on and post fives that post order 66 yeah he's really in that same vein But, you know, he had to look for someone else for that guidance, and that guidance
2: came from someone younger than him, someone who was below him, and that was Fives. So for my number one, I think back to 2008, when
0: I was still fairly young and, you know, thought the prequels were the greatest thing ever and and didn't experienced the the negativity that was around Star Wars back in 2008 and heard that we had a new Star Wars movie coming out and I was so excited and couldn't wait to see it. And, and, and the fact that it was animated seemed odd, but I watched everything to do with the, the lead up to the movie. And a lot of it was this guy in a cowboy hat talking about... New characters Anakin's apprentice and I was like okay what are we doing here uh, uh, but then he talked <laughs> he talked a lot about the clones and, and giving them identities and and I saw a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff with him and George Lucas and and when we saw a trailer and we saw Ahsoka and we saw Rex uh, I couldn't have been more excited to see that movie and and so for me Rex like you guys said, Rex and Ahsoka—they are the Clone Wars. Uh, I had to put Rex at number one because he—he's just the face I think of when I think of Clone Wars. It's the two of them, and, and they're side by side at the beginning of the sh- of the show or the movie, and they're side by side at the very last episode. And yeah, I don't disagree with anything you guys said about Fives. Uh, obviously, love him too. He's my number two, but for me, Rex—Rex Rex transcends that that stigma of being a clone like like you guys said he's he's evolved into one of the most prominent characters he's probably the most well-known clone to general audiences not even just to star wars fans his armor is iconic The, the dual wielding pistols is kind of iconic it made him seem almost like a gunslinger versus the rest of the clones who were very much so soldiers using rifles and regular blasters. And and Rex was always kind of this maverick, like, like, uh, Anakin. And we saw that initially in 2008 with his short blonde hairdo where all the clones we had seen in Revenge of the Sith were pretty much the same exact look as, as Jango Fett. Um, Cody was the main one we saw, but they all looked the same. And Rex was kind of just the first, he started it all. And a lot of things with Star Wars going back, it's hard to, for me to rank things higher than, than the first that really ever did it. And, and I think Rex is a character that we'll constantly be exploring. Just like Ahsoka, we're finally getting her in live action. I'd be shocked if Rex does not show up in her live action show. I'd be shocked if Rex doesn't conclude his arc with a Ezra and, and Sabine and the rest of the Rebels crew. I think he's just a character that offers so much to Star Wars. He is is one of the faces of the entire franchise now, and and I just love really everything about him. He, he is he's just a pure leader. Like he, he evolves and <laughs> honestly a better leader than Anakin really is. He's he commands loyalty from all his clones he's, but he's like you said with Fives uh, talking back to him he's willing to listen and he's willing to hear everybody he's not just the stern straight face captain and then commander he's clones clone in my opinion so I think for me Rex is going to be number one and I, I think we have a lot more stories with him to tell in in Bad Batch or post Bad Batch or you know, what what really happens between Venge of the Sith and, and Rebels for Rex. That's a really fascinating story. And the fact that he's still around, Return of the Jedi and, and the Ahsoka show, we're going we're gonna to see a lot more of him. And I think just the fact that, that so much of the show is from his point of view and so much of, of Star Wars now rests in the hands of Rex, I, I had to put him at number one that is going to do it for this longer episode of our show. Thank you all for listening. Uh stay tuned every Tuesday for new episodes of the Star Wars lads podcast. We try to get them out Tuesday mornings and then in the afternoons on YouTube. Uh but that segues us to please check us out on YouTube. We have the channel up. It's the Star Wars lads podcast. Every episode is on there. And last week we started putting visuals into the, uh, the the video so it's more of a video and less of just a podcast with the one image now so we'll be doing that for the foreseeable future so you can kind of if if you're someone who may not know all this stuff by heart but you enjoy listening to us we greatly appreciate that but you might want to check out the youtube version instead because you'll get pictures of everything we're talking about and you get to see exactly what we uh, the things we're t- saying so there'll be pictures of all these clones on video if, if you're watching it and if you're listening to it on the podcast version, go check out the video form. Uh, check out our Instagram as well. You we put out on any news, schedule updates, memes, other Star Wars content. We're constantly on Instagram posting things and looking at look at our stories, we'll be reposting memes and all that type of stuff. So if you have any questions about, oh, has a new episode come out? Check the Instagram. It'll probably be up there. Um, and if you have any suggestions or comments or things you'd like us to talk about or or new list ideas that you want us to do or anything that you think would be good for the show send us a dm or comment on one of our posts on instagram or comment on youtube video or send us an email at the star wars lads podcast at gmail.com that is our email address so any concerns questions comments whatever send them there we'll be checking it we'd love to put your idea on the show if you have one. So that's going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening. And like and comment and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Keep following us or subscribe if you're on podcast platforms. We appreciate all your listens and we'll see you next week.